Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw? R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Find them online at rbcarcompany.com. A lot to get to today. Um, I, I want to start off with some personal stuff. Can we do that? Pretty please. I, I beg of you. I know I don't usually do that. Technically, I'm supposed to, according to the formatics of radio, which I think are obsolete. Uh, I'm supposed to come on here with the biggest story of the day. Cool. Well, the biggest story of the day is I moved my equipment into the new studio upstairs. So for those of you who have been asking and wondering what in the world is this second show, it starts next week. So next week, I have a second show. It will be earlier in the day. You will be able to watch it on Rumble. You'll be able to watch it on my website at theburningtruth.us if you want it is packaged for syndication. We have a couple of radio stations that are interested in picking it up. I don't know if that will happen. It all depends. There's some other equipment that needs to be purchased for that to go th- go through. And there's some negotiations that have to happen. But that is what it's packaged for. So I'll be doing two shows every day. And I want to reiterate this as much as I possibly can. Facebook censors everything that I do. I have like 620 followers on Telegram. I've got nearly 11,000 on Facebook. Every post on Telegram has more people who see it than my Facebook posts do. So how is it that a platform where I only have 600 followers, more people see my posts than on a platform that has about 11,000 followers? Why, Why do you think that is? Because Facebook doesn't want you to see my stuff. So please do your do yourself a favor. Do me a favor. I'm not asking you to leave Facebook. I know that many of you have been there forever. I know that you got family and friends and groups that you're involved in on there. All I'm asking you to do is to follow me on another platform. Telegram preferred. Okay? Uh, it's Telegram at Casey the Host or t.me. T.me slash Casey the Host. They'll ask you to download the Telegram uh, either app on your phone or the desktop app for your computer, and that'll make it a lot easier for you to interact with it. All right, so lots of stuff going on. Uh, Don't forget, pass the mic this Friday, noon, Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. We're going to be upstairs at the Mont. That is this Friday, this Friday, this Friday. There is perhaps only one gift better than taking somebody to lunch for pass the mic, Josh, and that would be Impress Jewelry Creations. But other than that, I would probably take your significant other to pass the mic to see me this Friday at noon at Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. Okay, lots to talk about. Tons of stuff. Uh, Jackie Wilarski will be on today at 430. We'll have Tony Kinnett uh, from Chalkboard Review. He'll be on at 4 today, uh, barring any scheduling conflicts or anything like that that happens. I know that Jackie's people are trying to get her here as quick as possible before a vote this afternoon. Uh, But she is going to talk about the IRS uh, facial recognition scandal that has happened. There's been a major update on that today, and Jackie may be responsible for it. Uh, We'll talk about that with her a little bit later on in the program. All right. So much stuff. Um, Let's let here's the thing. I'm going to start with three things that a year ago were considered, not even a year ago, last year, that were considered. Dangerous misinformation, conspiracy theories, or whatever about COVID. And then I'm going to give you a couple of new things that have developed today. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on COVID. I promise I'm not going to waste your time like that anymore. 
So in January, popular podcaster Joe Rogan addressed the backlash that he received for spreading what many call misinformation about COVID-19 by having several of the most published doctors on, on, uh, on his show to discuss the risk of the virus and the effects of the current vaccines. Rogan expressed that he had a problem with the term misinformation itself, considering so many topics that were considered conspiracy theories last year are now widely considered to be truth. And he is 100% right about that. So let's look at some of the stuff that was that was said. Uh, Joe Rogan said the problem that I have with the term misinformation, especially today, is that many of the things that we thought of as misinformation just a short while ago are now accepted as fact. Again, he's telling the truth. Eight months ago, if you said if you get vaccinated, you can still catch covid and you can still spread covid, you had been removed from social media. That's true. Right, Josh? Remember those days? The vaccine, remember when they were telling you, they were telling you two months ago, two months ago, Jen Psaki said it. Joe Biden said it like a week before her. You can't get COVID if you get vaccinated, which we all knew wasn't true. We all knew that that was not true. There was no possible way. People knew that months before that because the math wasn't adding up. There was too many people catching COVID and there was too many people who were vaccinated. So then... You would have been kicked off of social media. You're spreading dangerous misinformation, right? You're promoting vaccine hesitancy. That's not vaccine hesitancy. Pointing out that if you get vaccinated, you'll probably still get COVID is not vaccine hesitancy. The problem was is that people were, whether they were lied to or they were oversold what actually happened, I will let you decide, okay? Some people say that they were lied to, and I know that you've heard me say that too, um, others have pointed out that maybe the so-called experts didn't know and the breakthrough cases were far worse than they were expecting them to be. We didn't know for a long period of time that the vaccines were going to wear off in a couple of months, which they do. We didn't know that. So there was a lot of information that you could easily say was it was just one of those things where they didn't expect it to happen. They weren't intentionally misleading you. But regardless, you were misled, whether it was intentional or not. You were told if you got vaccinated, you would not catch COVID. So you got vaccinated. You went out. You didn't wear a mask because they told you you didn't have to wear a mask anymore because you can't catch COVID. So you can't catch COVID. You can't spread COVID. You're good. You're vaccinated. So you went out. And what did you do? You went to your inner circles. You started hanging out together. You started hooking up with Tinder dates again. You started doing all sorts of stuff. And you got sick. And I'm sorry that the way that you thought things were going to happen didn't happen. But as we were seeing all of this develop everywhere, we were pointing out that, boy, it sure does look like a lot of vaccinated people are getting sick. Right, Josh? Remember that? Oh, my gosh. Woo. Local public health officials attacking me without using my name in their newsletters. You think I don't? By the way, you think I don't get your newsletters, people? Why are they? they it seems like they're always shocked. What's interesting is they'll send like newsletters and stuff. They'll mention me without mentioning me and then I will address it on my show and then they will send more newsletters addressing how did he know I get your stuff (laughs) I have infiltrated you but it was a conspiracy theory and if you said it you were canceled you were censored I've had numerous videos removed from Facebook because or not Facebook but uh, YouTube because I said it they're all taken down It is 100% certain fact right now. I was right. They were wrong. I wasn't alone. 
It wasn't difficult to see. Uh, So he went on to say, he goes, if you said, I don't think cloth masks work, you would be banned from social media. Now that's openly and repeatedly stated on CNN. And he's right. All of the experts are now admitting that cloth masks don't work. Josh, who was saying that before anybody else? I don't know anybody in media in this country who was saying that before me. Not a single person. Because the day that it switched was the day that it was confirmed to be airborne. The moment it was airborne, I said, that's it. Masks don't work. Casey, are you a doctor? No, but I had mop training. And trust me, it's plenty. Plus, I had all of the studies ever done on it. You realize when I was still isolated in my basement, we were doing those shows, Josh. You realize that? When I launched the premium content to make up for lost salary, that's when we were doing that stuff. Way back then. That's how long I've been saying that. And how many times have you heard public health officials refer to the crazy guy on the radio here in town, right? If you said, I think it's possible that COVID-19 came from a lab, you'd be banned from many social media platforms. Now that's on the cover of Newsweek. Not only is it on the cover of Newsweek, there is a congressional investigation into Fauci on this. We have emails and we have documents that prominent doctors, the experts in Fauci's inner circle from the outset of the pandemic, which again, first person that you heard say it came from the lab right here on this show. That was December of 2019 when I said it. And it was blatantly obvious. They weren't even acknowledging that there was a virus in the entire Democratic Party at that time. So now, we've got emails where these doctors in Fauci's inner circle, from the beginning of the pandemic, sending emails to Fauci and going, hey, 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 we think this came out of the Wuhan lab. We've got a real problem here. What do we do? Multiple people doing it. What did Fauci do? Josh, you know what Fauci did? He sent an email back and he said, we can't do this over email. Let's do a phone call. Then they had a phone call. After that phone call, you know what happened? Josh, you know what happened? All of those same doctors suddenly didn't support the lab leak theory. The ones were emailing him saying they thought it came from the lab. After the phone call with Fauci, suddenly they didn't. You know what's really interesting about that? Emails are subject to FOIA requests. Phone calls are not. And many of those doctors, scientists, whatever they are, different fields, you realize many of them got millions of dollars in federal grants right after that phone call, Josh, where they changed their mind about the lab leak theory right after that. You know, there's a congressional investigation into this right now. Now, it's going to be stalled by the Democrats, which is why you need to put Republicans back in power in the midterms, because it's the only way this investigation is going to go forward. Those are all conspiracy theories that is now universally acknowledged as true. There's more. I understand there's more. But the reason that I want to bring this out is there's several things that have now come out that I want you to pay attention to. Okay, got a new study on myocarditis. We've got a pathologist in Idaho now saying that the the vaccines may actually be causing cancer to spread. So we're going to go into some of this stuff. And we also have another research team now advising the CDC to change their guidance on booster shots because of heart inflammation. 
all of which was a conspiracy theory. Remember when the uh, the heart inflammation was a conspiracy theory too, Josh? Remember that? That was a conspiracy theory. And then suddenly it was like, oh, here's the warning that it's it's not a conspiracy theory. And and then, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it does happen, but it's rare. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, it happens a lot more than we thought it would. Hmm, interesting stuff, right? So I'm going to go over these uh, these three new pieces of information on COVID and then we'll be done with it. We'll have Tony Kinnett later on today. We'll have Jackie Wolarski later on today. Lots of stuff to get to. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Don't forget, pass the mic this Friday, Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. It's at noon. Come enjoy a specially priced lunch and uh, get to see a one-man show where I I don't sing or dance or any of that stuff, but look forward to it. It's been a while. People have been asking me about it. That is this Friday, Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill at noon. All right, here we go. An Idaho-based pathologist with decades of experience is warning that he has found a link between increased cancer cases and COVID-19 vaccines. Now, keep in mind, this is preliminary I'm just letting you know it's early research. This is not the first time that we've heard that this connection might exist. In a recent interview uh, with uh, the New American journalist, Veronica Krilenko, Dr. Ryan Cole talked of a pattern that he has seen in recent months between vaccines and dramatically increased cases of cancer and is attempting to sound the alarm. Now, again, clinical research needs to be done. I'm just letting you know that there is a pathologist out there who says, I'm seeing a connection here and it's concerning me. Uh, you've seen an awful lot of, of uh, you know, new patients that there's all of a sudden cancer is showing up shortly after getting vaccinated. So, again, I'm not telling you that that's happening. I'm telling you what a pathologist is saying in Idaho. He's seen this connection. Uh, we've got uh, people who are, you know, um, uh, uh, handling dead bodies and bombing them, that sort of stuff. And they're saying that they're finding blood clots and vaccinated patients and stuff of that nature. So. Again, a lot of this stuff is is secondhand. I understand that. I just want you to be aware that the stories are out there so you can pay attention to them. Now, beyond that, some of the stuff that we do know, we do know without a, without a doubt that certain segments of the population are at a risk when you get the vaccines of heart inflammation or myocarditis. That is a fact that is not up for debate. That's not up for dispute. It was a conspiracy theory that is now openly acknowledged even on the label of the vaccine. So there's a new study that's been published. And we have heard this before. A new study was published in the Journal of American Medical Association. This is JAMA. Now, this has been this type of research has been published in JAMA before. What did JAMA do? Well, JAMA under pressure took it out. They pulled the study. They've done this with several studies, which go against the narrative. So I would expect the same thing will happen with this one, even though it qualified and it met all of the requirements to be able to be published in JAMA. So the study was published in JAMA. It found a definitive increased risk of myocarditis in the young after mRNA-based COVID-19 vaccinations in the U.S. It studied 1,626 cases of myocarditis on a national passive reporting system and found that rates of myocarditis within seven days after vaccination greatly exceeded the expected rates across multiple ages and sex, particularly adolescent males between the age of 12 and 15 years old. And the CDC is now considering changing vaccine guidance to lengthen the time in between doses of the vaccine in order to cut down on the risk of myocarditis. Josh? Oh, the CDC is considering that, right?
Interesting. That is because the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices was told that this is probably a problem that you need to resolve, and this could be one of the ways of limiting the potential impact of heart inflammation with people who get the vaccine. Huh. That was a conspiracy theory, too, ladies and gentlemen. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. MNC News Time is 3.31. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Go to Impress Jewelry Creations. They have a 20% off sale right now. Some exclusions apply. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Oh, man. Um, lots to talk about. It's just a busy week, guys. It's it's kind of how it is. And I've even had some people kind of reaching out to me as of late, asking me to talk about uh, insider baseball type stuff. So that may be happening a little bit later on this week as well. Uh, Tony Kinnett from Chalkboard Review. He's also the uh, guy from Indianapolis Public Schools who was fired for expo- exposing that critical race theory is being taught in our schools. He should be joining us here at 5 o'clock. Uh, Representative Jackie Wilarski talking about the IRS facial recognition scandal. She's going to be joining us at 4.30. So big day today. Got some great guests coming up later on in the week as well. All right. So let's let's take a look at this situation here. I we have got let me reset. You go back to Obama. Obama not only spied on journalists and hacked into journalists' private computers and files and used federal authorities to raid journalists' homes and and take their equipment and burn sources and all of that stuff, which, of course, liberal media never wants to talk about because they want to pretend that Donald Trump did all of those things, but it was Obama who did it. There's a lot of weirdness that surrounded the machine, if you will, with the Obama administration, including the Uh, Maxine Waters, Obama's building a database on everybody that could be used for generations to come. And and unfortunately, we've kind of seen that play out. So let me tell you what is being accused here in Washington, D.C. And I do want to remind everybody of that story where the, is it a couple of years ago, maybe three, like before the pandemic, that they found these listening devices in Washington, D.C. Remember that story? And what would happen is these devices would connect to your cell phone, pretending to be a cell phone tower, and they would be able to rip all of your data off of your phone. Yeah, those are Stingray devices. Now, they were claiming that those were devices that some foreign government was using in Washington, D.C., hoping to scoop up prominent politicians and Um, You know, people who had classified information and that sort of stuff in government. But I was, I, I, to this day, I still think I'm the only person that really pointed out. I thought it was the FBI that was doing it. I didn't think that it was a foreign government. It's possible, but I thought it might have been the FBI since I know that the FBI has these Stingray devices. That's what it's called, Stingray. Look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. That's what this device does. And I'm sorry, but if you're the FBI and you're in Washington, D.C., you could easily make the case that you need to be able to monitor the nation's capital with all of these ambassadors and and foreign agents and things like that that are roaming around the streets, right? In the meantime, you could also, you know, 
get some information on American politicians too. Why not? And I think a lot of people thought I was a little nuts about that until all of the scandals with Trump started happening. And then people started to realize and accept that what I was saying was plausible. That the FBI leadership might be corrupt and that the FBI leadership might be using listening devices in order to go after their political adversaries. Because they certainly did. So now we have this. Texas Republican Representative Troy Nels said on Tuesday that the United States Capitol Police illegally entered his office as a part of an alleged investigation and that one of his staffers caught them in the act. Do you realize what I just said? Josh, do you have any idea what I just said? We have a member of Congress accusing the Capitol Police of illegally entering his office and going through his stuff. Let that process for just a second. Nels accused Capitol Police officers of illegally entering his office twice during Thanksgiving week last year, during which they allegedly photographed sensitive legislative items. Now, considering how many Capitol Police officers have shown up and been caught red-handed lying in testimony about January 6th to Congress, this doesn't look good. Upon discovering a member of my staff, special agents dressed like construction workers. Why would they need to dress like construction workers, Josh? I mean, I I suppose the congressman could just be making it all up. I suppose that's possible. That's a heck of a story to tell, though. They were dressed like construction workers. They began to question him as as, uh, to the contents of a photograph taken illegally two days earlier. He also added that Capitol Police never informed myself or senior-level staff of their investigation. Congressman Troy Nels, Republican of Texas. While Nels said that the reason for their actions were clear, he did not give any details. He did, however, float that the investigation came in retaliation for his criticism of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, the January 6th committee, and the Capitol Police itself. And we have clearly discovered that the Capitol Police Department is a bunch of political operatives working inside. But wait, there's more. You ready for this? Republican leaders in Congress are now demanding an investigation into allegations that lawmakers and their constituents are under surveillance by Capitol Police. So the last one was a congressman from Texas. Republican Arizona Representative Andy Biggs and 33 others sent a letter to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Democratic California Representative Zoe Lofgren demanding an investigation into allegations surrounding the actions of Capitol Police. The Capitol Police started looking into the backgrounds of people meeting members of Congress, both publicly and in private, in the wake of the Capitol riot. That's according to Politico. According to the report, Capitol Police is monitoring the online activity of congressional staff and individuals who meet with members of Congress. What? If true, these allegations are serious violations of American civil rights, yes, and civil liberties, yes. Our constituents have the right to petition Congress, and they should exercise this right without fear that the Capitol Police will scrutinize their property taxes, social media, or relationships. Right. So you've got two major allegations here. 
not coming from just one person, involving 33 members of Congress, that anybody who wants to go to Washington, D.C. and meet with their elected representative is now being investigated without due process and without probable cause, without a warrant, by the Capitol Police. So I say again, I know it's just Tuesday. Do you understand what I have just told you? The story then goes into Congressman Nell's about the Capitol Police dressing up like construction workers and sneaking into his office until his staff caught them red-handed. And when they came back later, they showed a picture that they had photographed illegally in his office previously. You have to understand that there is a certain process. If you are going to use law enforcement against a member of Congress, there's a very specific process that has to take place. And the Capitol Police don't just get to walk into their office and photograph stuff. That doesn't happen. It's not legal. Again, do you understand what I'm telling you right now? Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. The latest rumor in Canada eh, is that they're going to start arresting anybody who tries to get fuel to the truckers in Ottawa. Can I just take a just a brief minute here, close out this hour? I want to talk about this for just a second because I, I got to I got to do a video about this a little bit later on today. But what are the Canadians known for, Josh? Besides hockey, what are they known personality wise? What are the Canadians known known for? Being nice, right? Nice, polite, cordial, you know, they'll flip you off in traffic and then apologize immediately afterwards, right? That's just who the Canadians are, right? They are just these, you know, laid back, go along to get along. For the most part, rural areas don't count, but just for the most part, you know, pretty laid back and and polite people. Regardless of where you stand on any of this, can you at least acknowledge that if the Canadians are in almost full revolt that maybe things have gone a little too far. You remember the Canadians doing anything like this in the past, Josh? They didn't fight for their independence like this. This is the most upset I have ever seen Canadians ever, and I trained with them. (laughs) I've never seen anything like this. So the, the fact that they are so upset, it, it should at least give some of you pause if you're not quite sure what all the fuss is about or you don't really go along with what they're saying. At, at the very least, you should probably go, yeah, if the Canadians are this upset, it, this many Canadians are this upset, maybe they went a little too far up in Canada, eh? It's possible, right? If you're honest with yourself, <laughs> surely... You can find a way to come to that conclusion just by the fact that it's Canadians we're talking about here. We're not talking about anybody. Name a politer country than Canada. I don't have one. You got one, Josh? I don't have one. <laughs> I really don't have one, man. <laughs> it's just, 
you know, the, <laughs> the Canadians just don't get like this. And the fact that they are like this seems to indicate that something bad happened. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there, okay? The fact that so many of them are this mad, they're literally clogging the border of two countries. <laughs> so uh, there's some American truckers now that uh, allegedly... If this actually happens, I don't know if they'll be allowed across the border. I don't know. But there's some American truckers now that are going to try and haul fuel to the truckers in Ottawa since they're being denied refueling. We'll see how that goes. More coming up. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Don't forget, pass the mic this Friday, noon, Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill, specially priced menu, and you get to uh, hang out with me. I do a little song and dance show for you before I come in and have to do my other show, but uh, it's always fun when we have pass the mic. Once again, this Friday at noon, Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. Joining me now is Tony Kennett. Tony, how you doing, bud? Doing excellent. How you doing, Casey? I'm hanging in there. So the last time we talked, for those of you who don't remember, Tony Kennett is the man who got fired from Indianapolis Public Schools because he exposed critical race theory was being taught in school. He's the executive director of Choice Media TV and also the Chalkboard Review, which many of you have heard on this show many times in the past. And you and I were going to do an event together. That event got canceled because of the big winter storm. We'll have an update on when that's been rescheduled for in a couple of minutes, but I do an interview with you, and what is it, like two days after that, all of a sudden, the the band hammer starts happening with you all over Twitter. They start, what, they took Chalkboard Review down, they took your scheduler's uh, Twitter account down. What else did they do? Oh, they took down my scheduling editor, they took down my social media director, they took down one of my social media staffers, and all of this stuff with no explanation whatsoever. And that was what was particularly wild was that there wasn't even any explanation of what it was for, how long it would last. It just said uh, to someone who went to those profiles that they had violated some rules, right? whatever that means, mm-hmm. and that, that we were suspended. And that was just incredible. I mean, I, <laughs> that, you know, that all came down and, and kind of the shenanigans surrounding it that we eventually found out was just quite a shock for that afternoon. Have you ever dealt with bans on social media before personally, or is that just something you've always kind of like heard about? You know, I did get a 24-hour suspension on Twitter, I'd say about five or six months ago. Okay. Uh, because I referred to someone as dude, and uh, <laughs> I, I guess that was that was very inappropriate. Uh, was that uh, – was that was the, smack the, on the Yeah, rest. okay. I, I, I can read between the lines on that one. Because um, when I – so when I got banned from Twitter, they did something very similar to me. Uh, they wouldn't tell me what it was that I actually did. And, you know, they, they'd say, you have to remove the offending post, but they wouldn't tell me what the offending post was to remove. I couldn't do it. And eventually what they just did is they left me in limbo. They would never let me actually get back into Twitter without officially saying you can never be on the platform again. So it just sat there dead and there was nothing that I could do with it. So it was kind of similar, but I've run into this on several platforms where they just, they don't tell you they're supposed to tell you. You want them to tell you so you can fix whatever you did and maybe appeal it, but they they rarely ever do. So did you ever discover what was behind this? Was it just, just some, you know, crazy crybaby who just didn't like what you were saying, or is there something a little bit more organized about it? Well, that's kind of what we found out. So there was this very interesting letter that was sent from the National Education Association, which is the largest teachers uh, union in the country, mm-hmm. 
into uh, many of the social media giants, including Twitter, saying that publications and groups that were anti-critical race theory and were vocal about it were violent propagandists <laughs> that needed to be censored. And while Chalkboard Review is an editorial policy, uh, we do publish content on critical race theory. Now, we don't you know, come out and rotely say, hey, it's terrible, it's bad, but we do publish some of the quotes from the authors, and some of those things people believe are pretty gross. And more interestingly, we found out in the middle of Friday that the person claiming responsibility who had done this big reporting thing and was bragging about it is a board member of Region 3, which is, is in the South, for the National Education Association. Uh-huh. So combined with some of the few other things that we kind of heard here, there, and, and around, we do believe that the NEA targeted chalkboard review and some of my staffers to get them taken down from Twitter. And we still have never heard what rules we supposedly broke. There was the term ban evasion thrown around, but none of our accounts had ever been banned before. And so it was kind of weird to see how we could avoid being banned or evade being banned when we had never been banned in the first place. Yeah, and, and so it was they've strange. used that. They've used that quite a bit on, on many YouTube does this. They're famous for it. So if you've got multiple people that maybe work for production and one of the, the channel actually gets suspended, but other people kind of post about the channel being suspended, oh, you're going around the ban and therefore we're going to get you. But it didn't seem like you were you any of your staff was doing that at all. No, Quinn hadn't tweeted for a couple of days at least, and and uh, Jocelyn, our scheduling editor, who goes on Twitter by going Godward, she had hadn't even tweeted anything regarding chalkboard review in like a couple of weeks. So again, it was very strange. <laughs> the only things that chalkboard review had tweeted were articles. You know, in fact, I, I believe we were having a conversation in the Slack that morning about how we needed to get some additional content out other than articles. So it was amazing that they chose right then uh, to kick us off of the platform because that was probably the moment when we were the most innocent. Interesting. So now everybody has been restored. Is that correct? We still have uh, one social media staffer at Bravo Journo who is uh, currently still suspended, but everyone else has been restored at this point. Now, have you guys sought out alternative platforms to put all of your stuff on. So if this happens again, there's a backup for you guys to be able to uh, refer people to. We've had an active presence on Facebook and Instagram for some time now, several Mm -hmm. months. So that certainly would, would be the initial point. Uh, We did create an account on parlor because they asked us to. Okay. And we thought that having a little bit of a backup there is, is fine. At this point, we're going to stick to Twitter because uh, we're simply another publication that's getting news out and op-eds sure. and articles out the same as thousands of other publications. Well, I mean, if you ever if you ever uh, want a recommendation, I do recommend Telegram. What's interesting about it is it can be used as a messaging app, too. So it's, there's a direct pipeline to your followers. And I've, I enjoyed it, but it is hard to get followers on there uh, just because of the uh, the use on it. So there's some there's some differences and some nuances. But as long as you have backups and people know where to, where those backups are, if it happens in one place, they can follow you on another one, and, and you should be good to go. All right, so Absolutely. you are going to be coming back to town. Winter storm is done and over with. It is now safe for you to travel. We have a new date for the education, not indoctrination event that you and I will be doing together in Michiana. And this is the, I'm look, I'm excited about this for all host of reasons. Um, one, I think critical race theory is an extremely important issue. I've told people before that I know that there's a lot of stuff that you could 
get involved with. And this right now would be at the top of my list because I don't want to see kids being torn apart from other kids based on racist garbage and, and nonsensical stuff that adults are doing. So we have a date, March 1st, that is Tuesday. You are going to be coming to town as the keynote for Indiana Call to Action, Education, Not Indoctrination is the name of the event. We're going to be at the Juday Creek Golf Course. And tell us a little bit about what people can expect when, when you come to town. I have some uh, interesting little bits from uh, my story that a few others have not really ever touched on. Some mm-hmm. kind of insider track at how this stuff is moving through schools what it actually looks like. And then I'm going to be taking everyone through the last Indiana legislative session and hitting on the stuff that worked and the stuff that was an abysmal failure. And it's something that no one is really doing in education journalism right now. No one is actually taking apart the Indiana bills and looking at what was good and what was bad. All we have were a bunch of hit pieces on why it's the most evil thing that's ever existed or people kind of wrotely praising them as, uh, you know, the third Testament of the Bible. So, Hopefully I thought one of the funniest actually... ones was when we had, uh, I think, some late night hosts and some teachers claiming that they were going to be thrown into jail. I thought that was oh, that I, was an interesting I, one. My per- my personal favorite was when Stephen Colbert, you know, tried to suggest that Senator Baldwin said that we should be neutral on teaching Nazis, which is not what he said. That's not what he said. It's also not what the bill says, right? At all. And in <laughs> fact, I, I made a video on Twitter picking apart very specifically how there is language in the bill that says very explicitly. It is not to omit any historical data or any historical oppression of any sort at all, period. Well, you don't expect them to actually read the legislation, do you? I mean, no, it's over five pages. I, I know, mean, I know. Over it's... five pages, no <laughs> academic's ever going to read. <laughs> three pages or less, that's it? <laughs> no, then they'll barely read three pages of their own writing, much uh, someone else's. It, it, dude, it's, it's a mess. I'm looking forward to this, man. Tuesday, March 1st, again, Tony Kennett's come to town. Executive Director of Chalkboard Review and Choice Media. Almost everybody's been restored to Twitter. Make sure you go follow them over there. Uh, Chalkboardreview.com. You can get all their social media over there as well. And, uh, Tony, it's always a pleasure, man. I appreciate it. Hey, you take care, Casey. All right. You too. You too. So I'll post uh, the event information here. I haven't created a new event on Facebook yet because, again, Facebook just censors me. So it's like, eh, it's like, you know, it's not the biggest thing in the world. But I will post the graphical information on there, including how to RSVP for the event. Tuesday, March 1st, education, not indoctrination. I will be speaking a little bit. Tony Kennett is the keynote speaker, so I'll get out of the way fairly quickly and let Tony take over and do his thing. This is his area of expertise. This will be at the Jude Creek Golf Course. It is $25 per person. You must RSVP. If you don't, you're not getting in. And I'll have the URL and everything else for you to do that on Facebook at Casey, the host here in just a couple of seconds. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Representative Jack Rularski should be joining us here after the next news break, talking about the facial recognition IRS scandal. That's been an interesting one to pay attention to. Major update on that one today, too, by the way. Uh, But there is a vote that is happening this afternoon. They're pretty sure that they can get here before that happens, but 
just letting you know, sometimes when you have members of Congress in the middle of a session come on, sometimes they have to back out because a vote's been called. Um, it has happened a few times in the past, but they're pretty confident they'll be able to get here at uh, 435. All right, so uh, the suspect in the Winnipeg terror attack, for those of you who do not know, this is the person who rammed several people with their vehicle at the Freedom Convoy. And he turns out, ladies and gentlemen, we have yet another terrorist attack by Antifa. Huh. He's, a, he's an Antifa activist. Uh, he also apparently is an accused pedophile. That's interesting. Authorities have released the name of the man arrested in the Winnipeg, Canada, uh, for mowing down four Freedom Convoy demonstrators in, ironically, his Jeep Patriot, Josh, revealing that uh, David Zagarik, an Antifa member and accused pedophile, faces 11 charges related to the terrorist attack that police and media are still portraying as a mere hit-and-run accident. If you watch the video of it, and again, thank God nobody died here, but if you watch the video of it, it is crystal clear that this is not an accident. He targeted them. He ran them over. He hit another vehicle. He went around that vehicle to make sure that he hit people. You can watch it. It's all on camera, and it's not difficult to decipher at all. And if this were any other circumstance, for example, if this were, I don't know, a BLM protest that were uh, clogging up traffic, and somebody in a vehicle went around other vehicles and targeted people to be run over. They would inst- instantly be considered a white supremacist domestic terrorist attack. Instantly. Everybody knows it. You know I'm not lying at all. I'm telling the truth. Uh, he's 42 years old. He's still looking for his first date. Uh, he's deeply tied to left-wing politics and is he's accused of pedophilia. Not convicted. Accused of. Was caught on camera wearing a COVID mask as he swerved his white Jeep Patriot into a crowd of Freedom Convoy demonstrators. I mean, just to add the extra bit of derp, this guy was wearing a mask inside of his car, Josh. And here's the thing. I don't think it was to hide who he was. I suppose he's that stupid and not realizing that he has license plates and stuff, but I don't think it was to hide who he was. I think that he just got in his car and wore a mask because he thought that that would protect him, Josh. That's what I think happened with this poor guy. Uh, let's see. Though he immediately fled the scene, he was arrested roughly an hour later after a brief struggle with police. Of course, he resisted arrest. Uh, who have hit the uh, devout left winger with a total of 11 charges. Alongside corporate media outlets, police have refused to call him a terrorist and have failed to charge him with any hate or terror-related crimes. Instead, publicly portraying the attack as a mere hit-and-run accident, which, of course, was not. It was not a hit-and-run accident. He targeted them, and he ran them over. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, and despite efforts, I hate that word, despite, in spite, efforts uh, by police and corporate media to downplay the severity of the attack on Friday night, Internet sleuths have exposed him uh, for who he is, and he remains in police custody, but he is a left-wing extremist. He does have ties with Antifa groups in Canada. Antifa, again, is a terrorist organization. Uh, he is a longtime fixture in Winnipeg's so-called hardcore music scene. Hold on a second. I gotta look at this picture of this guy. What? Casey, Josh, I have to remember that it's Canada. Their hardcore music scene is not going to be like ours. I was I was looking at this. I'm like, huh? Hardcore music scene? All right. Oh, that's right. It's up in Canada. Hey, forgot. Forgot. My apologies. Uh, let's see. He's often promoting communism and other radical left-wing ideals through his music, but was dropped by his record label after numerous women and children accused him of a sexual assault. Hmm. 
lot of women and kids have accused him of sexual assault. He gets dropped by his record label because of it, but he doesn't seem to have any convictions for it. Well, that's interesting. Uh, so they did find the guy. They did arrest him. But it is interesting to watch the media kind of play this out as as just being a hit-and-run accident because you can watch the whole thing unfold on video. He went around. He sped up, went around a vehicle, hit, hit a vehicle, uh, and targeted people to run them over. That's what he was attempting to do. And then he fled. He ran away. That's who this guy is. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't some small little thing. And if this were a right-wing individual who had tried to run over four people who were in a left-wing protest who had been portrayed as a domestic terrorist. So just call it what it is. Anyway, MNC News Time is 4.30. Representative Jack Wilarski coming up next to talk about the IRS facial recognition scandal. Major update on that today, and we'll talk with her about that. And also want to remind everybody that Valentine's Day is right around the corner. 20% 20% off at Impress Jewelry Creations right now. Their entire store, with some exclusions, go to impressjewelers.com. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Friendly reminder, watch the live stream at theburningtruth.us. Subscribe on Rumble at Casey the Host. Follow on Telegram at Casey the Host. Joining us right now, Congresswoman Jackie Wilarski. Jackie, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm literally voting right now, so if it gets a little loud where I am, <laughs> okay. there's lots I, of people around. I told everybody that you were probably going to have a vote called here right around this time and that you, I wasn't sure what was going to happen with it, but I'm glad you were still able to call in. Uh, there is an update today. This IRS facial recognition thing, why don't you tell everybody about it? Then we'll give them the update and kind of tell everybody what you were doing to uh, to combat this thing. Yeah. And so, you know, this is just another big government control of all agencies to want to be more invasive in the American people's lives. The IRS, the same group that Biden wanted to put 85,000 new IRS agents to go out and audit America, small business, conservative families, just like they did when Lois Lerner was the director and and just started a war on small business that were conservative in this country. I mean, this isn't out of touch. It's way out in the wild. It's it's not efficient. There's nothing it's ever done correctly. And they came up with another great brainiac idea a couple of weeks ago, which was, hey, we're going to install. Now, now, mind you, this IRS agency is running on 1980s equipment, computer equipment. They're still processing paper returns. And all of a sudden they say, hey, we're going to go big tech. We're going to go, you know, high tech. And we're going to install facial recognition systems so that every single American can access their own account digitally by giving them your facial recognition map. And I thought to myself, this government is in a destruction mode right now, never been more vulnerable, the American people and our civil rights and our individual rights, than we are right now. And here is an absolute broken system saying, we're going to go from the 1980s to 2022, and now we want not just your blood because you're writing your taxes out. Now we want your facial recognition. Are you kidding me? Do you think I want any of our facial recognition in the hand of the IRS? Can you imagine how they would bumble it? They're known for huge hacks lost tons of information a couple of years ago, hundreds of thousands breached. Yeah, massive breaches. Lots of breaches. So here's what I'm doing. 
Last week, I introduced a bill. It's H.R. 6616. It's called the Save Taxpayers Privacy Act, which would ban the IRS from using facial recognition software protecting taxpayers' privacy and security online. You know, I am as over this, Casey, as you are. And, you know, every time you turn around here, you could throw a dart at a target, and there's something that needs to happen when it comes back to jerking back our rights. So this is one of many, but I just wanted your listeners to know that this is something that needs to happen. So I I filed this bill, and a couple of weeks later, the IRS said, you know, okay, okay, we're not going to do the facial recognition anymore. I don't trust them, so I'm going to keep pushing the bill that they may give up on it for now, but it's coming back. If they've got access to that kind of technology and the president has the the desire that he does to go after every single thing Americans have and all their private information, then I'm absolutely sure that I'm going to follow this through until this thing is passed and we repeal it at the IRS level. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because now that the IRS is backing off of this since you filed this bill, do you think that that is an attempt to kind of get your bill to cool off, have it go away, they can try and reintroduce it later on depending on what happens in the midterms? Absolutely. Absolutely. These guys are ruthless. You know, they're not missing a chance. They're not missing an opportunity to go after and squelch more and more rights. And I think when you see the great divide in this country right now and you continue to see these kind of bills, I mean, you can see why people like me overreact immediately. I mean, I jumped on it as soon as I heard it come out of their mouth, that we immediately need to can that so it can never raise its ugly head again. I think when you have stories out there as well, like this Israeli firm that is now developing software that you can take DNA and you can 3D model somebody's face from that DNA, uh, which obviously I I assume law enforcement would would love a tool like that. But, you know, I see the potential abuse for that as well. You've got 33 of your colleagues now wanting an investigation of the Capitol Police for investigating members of Congress and their constituents just for meeting with their Congress people. You know, this is, this is the scariest it thing is. ever. It is. I was telling people earlier today, Jackie, I was like, do you understand what I am telling you right now with these stories? And I don't. Yeah, you know, I, ho- I hope people have their ears on right now and I hope they're listening. You know, it, you can't just casually look at something anymore and say, oh, well, you know, maybe that's a good idea. You know, we are dealing with a at, with a corrupt government. We're dealing with a president that's out of control. And the seven things that Joe Biden has touched in the last 54, 60 weeks have failed. And they, not, they haven't just failed. They've been destructive. And they've been destructive toward all of our district and toward the American people. So we're in a real fight here. And you got to think like a fighter. You know, you, you have to look at the field and basically say, could this be turned in a nefarious way? And if the answer is yes, then people like me file bills to kill those bills because at some point they will be nefarious. I think you've probably heard me say it a million times over the years. You know, it it may not be this administration that abuses that power, but can it be abused in the future? That's what people have to look at. That's a great question. You know, that's right. Because people always tell you, you know, Biden and his team, I'm sure they'll say, well, we don't want to do that. Okay, but do you think somebody in the future might? And if you leave any wiggle room there, you can't allow something like that to go through. And I kind of agree with the statement that you were just saying here. Right now, it used to be that we'd look at something and look for the positives before we looked at the negatives. I think you automatically have to look at the negatives first now and then find the positives and see how they weigh out with each other because this is getting ridiculous. Absolutely. And, you know, people might think, you know, hey, you know, you're pretty cynical. Well, you know what? I was cynical when I came here, and I'm still cynical. I'm more cynical than I was, and that's why – 
I become an effective fighter because when I see stuff like this, it's like take it down now before it gets legs. And that's exactly how, you know, I'm looking at most of the things that are happening here. Take it down now before it has legs. That ridiculous vaccine mandate, take it down now before it gets legs. Look what happens. The legs are all over the country. Yeah. I saw that you uh, you got out shooting the other day. I did. Yeah. And I, I can handle that gun. <laughs> you look like you're doing just fine. Have uh, have members of Congress gotten together and had like a charity shoot or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. Not that I'm aware of. But I, I think um, you should organize that because, let's be honest, it's going to give some of the people on the other side of the aisle some brain aneurysms, and I really want to talk about it. Could you do that for me? Absolutely. I'll get something going. <laughs> Please do. Jackie, I appreciate you calling in the middle of a vote. Thank you so much for that. Thanks, Casey, All for right. taking my call. Take care. Bye-bye. You bet. Take care. All right, Representative Jackie Wilarski, Republican, Indiana District 2. Uh, you're, most of you listening right now, you're a congressperson calling in. And, again, they are backing out. The IRS is saying we're not going to go forward with the facial recognition plan, but she still has 6616 introduced because she wants to make sure that the law gets passed that would forbid the IRS from even doing it in the future. So make sure you are on whatever representative you rep- is representing you. If it's not Jackie, make sure you let them know that you want them to support that piece of legislation. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Don't forget, live streaming theburningtruth.us. Just click on the live stream link right there in the main window. Don't ever get censored again because I control all of that. I actually own the player. It is mine. Nobody can do anything with it. Uh, mobile app for the live stream and my videos coming in the near future. Second show should be starting next week. And uh, be finishing setting up the studio this week. Did finish painting and everything yesterday. So things are moving uh, pretty quick. They're a little bit behind schedule from what I wanted. But uh, luckily, it is just right around the corner for the second show. Uh, I missed a golden opportunity with Jackie. And I'm disappointed. I was going to ask her about these stories here. So there is some controversy that has erupted in China uh, with the Olympics. And there's a couple of different stories that I have here. One... China is being accused by athletes from multiple countries, including Russia, which is often seen as an ally of China, that China is using COVID quarantines to rig the Olympics. And I wanted to, I I forgot, but I wanted to ask Jackie Wolarski if she could go over to Eric Swalwell and see if he knew anything, since he's the guy that's always diddling Chinese spies. I figured he might have some insider information on this, or at least could get it, you know, on a, on a, Thursday night or something. Uh, but I, I missed the opportunity to ask her about that. So anyway, Olympic athletes are exposing the disturbing measures that China is taking in an attempt to hold a COVID free Olympics. According to the UK daily mail, dozens of athletes said that they have experienced inhumane conditions while in isolation due to positive COVID-19 tests. Uh, Russian biathlete Valerie Vaznetsova said that she served she was served an extremely small and unappealing meal three times a day for five days while she was in isolation. By the end, she said that her bones were sticking out. Now, pe- people have been posting pictures of the, the meals that the Olympic athletes are actually getting by the Chinese. Now, keep in mind, 
Uh, in case you did not know, all right, in case you didn't know, athletes require more food than the average person to function properly. And when you're sitting here looking at like a half a, I don't know, quarter cup, maybe a half a cup of pasta, some gruel, which I assume is sauce, there is five, well, four and a half new potatoes. You know what a new potato is, right, Josh? The little ball potatoes. The pieces are cut in half, so not whole potatoes. There are four and a half half pieces of potato. Uh, I, I, what I can only assume is a kitten and some something that's supposed to have a bone on it, but there isn't any meat on on it at all. Now, if you're getting this several times a day and you are an Olympic athlete, you're gonna waste away. This is not not okay. So these athletes have now been saying that, look, China is basically starving us. So when we compete for our events, we're not going to have the proper nutrition in us. And that's going to give them a competitive advantage. That is the, that is the, the goal, what some of these athletes are saying. Uh, Finland's men's hockey coach, uh, he, he said to uh, Yahoo Sports that one of his players remained in isolation on Sunday despite the fact that 18 days had passed since a positive test. 18 days, Josh. Hockey player for Finland tested positive 18 days ago, and he is still in isolation in China. He's still there. Right. Okay. Uh, He also added that his player was not getting food during his isolation and said the treatment was causing significant mental stress. As of Sunday, over 350 Olympic participants have tested positive for COVID-19 since arriving in Beijing, which is weird because they all got vaccinated, Josh. Very strange. Uh, And this includes athletes, journalists, and other Olympic staff members. Upon receiving a positive test, they must go to a special hotel to isolate themselves. They cannot leave until they have no symptoms and have received two negative PCR tests at least 24 hours apart. So the athletes are saying they're starving us. They're not getting us food. The food that they are bringing us is not enough to sustain us. They're, they're basically starving us. And, of course, the isolation. Now, there's an additional controversy here. China has won two gold medals in Olympic speed skating, but there are questions surrounding those, those medals since both medals seem to have been made possible, at least in part, by judges declaring penalties for other competitors. On Saturday, in the semifinal heat of the mixed team relay of speed skating, the U.S. finished second, Just one spot ahead of China, finishing second would have given the U.S. a berth into the final, according to USA Today. But upon a review of the video footage, a judge ruled that the U.S. had committed infraction and disqualified the U.S. and elevated uh, to second place the Chinese team, which then went on to claim a gold medal in the final, which they shouldn't have even been competing for. Apparently, one of our teammates crossed the blue line, and that made the Chinese team miss their exchange or something like that. According to the the uh, the skater, who skated in the first heat but was not on the ice for the semifinal, uh, it was an interesting call for sure. But it is what it is, she said. In a separate speed skating event on Monday, China once again benefited from a penalty call. China took the gold in the men's 1,000 meter speed skating race, even though Chinese skater Ren Zui was not the first to cross the finish line, according to Yahoo News. Uh, so basically. Uh, the uh, skater for Hungary was the first competitor to finish. So <laughs> it another penalty, just like that. China gets elevated into uh, into the, uh, the the medal rounds and ends up winning gold because of it. 
And a lot of uh, people are saying that the penalties that were called were penalties that usually aren't called. So I don't know about speed skating to, to give you an assessment. More coming up. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I do want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. May or may not be sending somebody R&B Car Company's way here in the near future. So keep a lookout, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so what do we have here? <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, for those of you who, who were not on the live stream and you missed this, I'll just catch you up to speed. Uh, I, I forgot. I was a little disappointed in myself. I forgot to ask a question about the the China situation to Representative Wolarski when she joined us. So I, I actually got a mess, a very nice email from Emma, who works for Jackie, who set up the interview. And she was just thanking me for the interview and everything else. And, and I I just wrote back and I said, you know, thank you, too. I, I forgot to ask Jackie if she could ask Representative Swalwell about allegations that China is starving athletes in isolation for a competitive advantage. I figured that he would have the inside track on China's strategy here, given his, uh, air quote, history with Chinese agents. Now, for those of you who don't know, that is that is a reference to Eric Swalwell being infiltrated and... and uh, 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 front bummed by Fang Fang, the Chinese spy, while he's on the intelligence committee, which he claims he didn't know she's a Chinese spy, Josh, which is kind of, kind of how spying works. It's <laughs> I don't know if he knew or not. All I know is he's been compromised and he's still on the intelligence committee. Huh? Interesting stuff. So uh, she she politely said that she will pass that along. <laughs> oh, poor Emma, she doesn't know me. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, that's okay. I'm sure I'll get some messages from the other people on Jackie's staff who do know me. All right, what else do we have here? Um, it's been a good day. You know, we had Tony Kinnett on from Chalkboard Review earlier. A really good interview there. At Jackie Wilarski on. Good interview there. And just a lot of very interesting topics. Uh, so let's uh, let's talk about how you know what, Josh. As somebody who works with me, what would you uh, would you say I'm a good person to work with? Because Josh has worked with me for a long time. Josh has only been my producer for a short period of time, but he's worked with with not with not for me, but with me for a long time. I'm a good person to work with. You think? Yeah, I'm not like a totalitarian or nothing like that. Nobody can hear you. I want I want evidence that I'm a great person to work with. This would be the perfect time for you know one person to come out and say, "Hey, what a terrible person." I'm giving you free reign, man. He's a great guy. He's a great coworker. I I've appreciated at the shooting of the beef Casey producer because he's a good guy, great dude, great guy. How about my restraint at the office? I know that there's a thing about Casey throwing chairs, but you have to understand that's after like months of me trying to get something done and everybody ignoring it, then I throw chairs. But up until that point, my restraint is legendary around here. Let me tell you, this guy can, uh, you think Bobby and I had a clue. Wait till you see Casey. You know how long there's been a flipping Pete Buttigieg bobblehead sitting in my studio? And I haven't destroyed it, have I, Josh? I have not. Did I destroy the Fauci one? I did not. Did I play with it a little bit? Yes. Did I destroy it? No. 
Because that would have been, air quote, wrong of me to do. I've left the Pete Buttigieg, the, the horrendously ridiculous bobblehead sitting right there next to my amazing 3D printed Batman bust, sitting right there. I've left it alone. I have not touched it for fear of being accused of a hate crime. But I have not touched it, okay? I've left it alone. I'm very patient. Now, the reason I bring this up, though, there's a very specific reason for that. Because like Biden, I, remember when Biden uh, got into the White House, he said, if you mistreat anybody, you'll be fired on the spot. Remember that? And and then he he called Peter Ducey a bunch of names and and then didn't apologize for it. So, But the reason I bring this up is Biden's top science advisors resigned. And the reason that he's resigned is because there's been a massive internal investigation into the top science advisor being a bully piece of crap at work. Joe Biden's top science officer, Eric Lander, resigned on Monday evening after an internal White House investigation found that he bullied subordinates. Ah, he was a good hire, Josh. That was a, that was a good hire right there. Serving as the director of the Office of Science and Technology Policy, a two-month investigation found that Lander was disrespectful towards staff and spoke to women colleagues in a demeaning or abrasive way in public settings. Huh. Hey, he's an old white dude, Josh. An old, old liberal white dude. Talking to women in a demeaning way? Well, I've never, never heard of an old white liberal talking to women in a demeaning way. That has never happened before. So anyway, White House Deputy Director of Management and Administration for Personnel, Christian Peel, said in a 20-minute briefing outlining the investigation, the briefing and internal investigation was first reported by Politico some time ago. I didn't really talk about it on the show. I posted about it on social media. Uh, Lander's resignation comes hours after White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki repeatedly dodged questions about the debacle, including why Biden, who publicly promised to fire anybody on the spot, who was disrespectful towards colleagues, had not yet Lander loose. Hmm. Well, he finally resigned. So uh, he'll probably end up in another bureaucracy in Washington, D.C., working for the Biden administration, but at least he won't be the top science advisor for the Biden administration. Uh, in the meantime, if you support Joe Biden's science agenda, congratulations, you're a misogynist who hates women. So there's that's how that works. That's not my rules. Those are leftist rules, okay? That's how that works. Don't blame me. Don't hate the player, hate the games. How it is. It's not how I want things to be, but it is how it is. Uh, now, my favorite story of the day. This is the one that I really, really wanted to talk about. There's a lot of good stories out there, but I desperately wanted to talk about this one. Josh, uh, how much crack have you smoked throughout your life? Zero? You haven't done any crack? What? What? Yeah, I know who your dad is. That's why I assumed you smoke crack. Yeah, dear officer's son, his his dad's his 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 dad. Bless his heart, his dad is just retired. Congratulations to him, by the way. But he's but he's a cop. Um, it's <laughs> look. I'm I'm just operating under the premise of all of the police kids that I knew in Las Vegas. Okay, they were all druggies, every one of them. Not you, not you. Josh swears he wasn't a druggie. Okay, so anyway, the reason I bring this up is <laughs> Washington Free Beacon has this amazing story. Okay, an HHS spokesman told the Washington Free Beacon that safe smoking kits purchased under a program will provide pipes for users to smoke crack, cocaine, 
crystal meth, and any illicit substance, according to the outlet. Did you hear what I just said, Josh? You got to tell your dad the story. Your dad's going to flip. Joe Biden is funding crack pipes for addicts. Crack Listen, can you all at least appreciate that with the needle situation, even if you oppose the needle program, at least there's a public health argument for that, right? You don't want people sharing needles, so that's why you give them clean needles. Yes, you're supporting their drug habit, but at least you're not spreading, like, infectious disease and stuff. At least there's an argument there. I'm not saying I agree with it, but there's an argument there. This is the pipe, Josh. It's the pipe. Not a needle. The crack pipe. Now, some of you might be asking a very, very simple question. I, I, I can completely understand why you would be asking this question on a Tuesday afternoon, listening to this program, wondering why you're wasting your life. What is it about a crack pipe distribution plan with the Health and Human Services Department, which is supposed to promote health and human services, Josh? Why are they giving crack pipes to drug addicts? Well, that's a great question. Josh, why do you think they're giving crack pipes to poor Josh? He's got other things to do. But why do you think the Biden administration is giving free crack pipes to drug addicts? What do you think the reasoning and the logic behind that is? I mean, you can make crack pipes out of foil. Like, you don't need to actually have a pipe, like, for those of you who don't know. So, to, to, keep, to keep what? <laughs> to keep it going? You think he wants there to be a, a a meth crisis in the country? Joe Biden does. It is profitable. It's very profitable. Who benefits off of the meth crisis? Well, probably the pharmaceutical companies, but I don't know for sure. Um, no, no, no. It's a good guess, Josh. He went with the big money on that one. That was a good one. That was that was a good guess. No, um, apparently it's for racial equity. Racial equity. <clears throat> Now, can I just pause for a second? Because I know many of you think that I am completely making this crap up. I understand that. There's no way that the the O'Biden administration is, I didn't Freudian slip on that, okay? I said that specifically, the O'Biden administration, um, that them funding crack pipes for racial equity can't possibly be a real story, right? Well, it is. And the Washington Free Beacon is confirmed by Just the News. This... It's all for racial equity. I, I understand. Some of you are looking at this going, no, there's not, not possible. Now, just for a second, I want you to imagine a world in which Donald J. Trump gave free crack pipes, Josh, to drug addicts under the guise of racial equity. What do you think he would be accused of? Who, who predominantly smokes crack? Would those be uh, fair-skinned people, Josh? Or is crack cocaine known for being a drug primarily in the black community? It's used by all people, don't get me wrong, but primarily crack cocaine has been a problem in the black community, correct? Right? That is a fact, okay? Uh, Yes, um, methamphetamines and things like that, white community, lower income white communities, so that, that certainly is true. But how do you think it would be spun if Donald Trump was giving free crack pipes out to, uh, to crackheads? How do you think that would be spun? You think there might be a Donald Trump is trying to keep black people addicted to crack cocaine narrative at CNN? You think maybe that would happen, Josh? Hmm? He doesn't want to answer anymore. I made him very uncomfortable.
<laughs> Josh is like, I'm just going to keep doing this thing that I'm doing on my tablet. I'm going to ignore you. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Look, I'm I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. Why do you think? So I posted a video, which is getting a lot of attention on TikTok today. I know I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying, I, I just posted a video and I said, why is it that all of these cities that leftists say are systemically racist have been run by Democrats for generations? Why do you think that is? I think that's a question that minorities in those cities need to ask themselves. If I think this is a systemically racist place, look at it, you, South Bend. If I think this is a systemically racist place and there hasn't been a Republican mayor since the 70s, maybe ask yourself why you think it's systemically racist when Republicans haven't controlled things. But Democrats are supposed to be your allies fighting against systemic racism. So how is it that for generations, the people who are your allies fighting systemic racism have still left you in a systemically racist city? Why is that? Because it ain't Republicans' fault. Whose fault could it possibly be? Just ask yourself that question. And then maybe ask yourself why Joe Biden wants to give free crack pipes to people. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. <laughs> People do not believe me about the crack pipe program. If only there was a way for you to see if I was telling the truth that I talk about on a regular basis that you go to, I don't know, Josh, every day, every day, and see all of the references that we used on the show for that day, broken down by hour. You know who else breaks it down by hour, Josh? Nobody. I'm the only one that does it. So if you listen to hour two of the program, you know that you need to find a link from hour two of the program. You just skip over hour one. You don't even look at hour three. You just go to the links from hour two and you'll be able to look right at it. See? See how that is? $30 million for the crack pipe program in the next three years is $10 million a year. $10 million. It is to support community-based overdose prevention programs, syringe service programs, other harm reduction services, and now they've added crack pipes to it. Safe smoking kits and supplies. So um, uh, <laughs> one of the people on the live stream says this uh, this a uh, Hunter's Heroes program because of Hunter Biden and his drug addiction that he says he's over. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully he's over it. Uh, but I am wondering, does the safe smoking kit under the Biden administration plan, does it come with like a little pinch of Parmesan cheese? As that's the for those of you who don't know, Hunter Biden admitted to smoking Parmesan cheese when he didn't have any actual drugs left. So. I'm just curious, Casey, you're making fun of a recovering addict. Yes, yes, I am, because Hunter Biden is a piece of garbage, and that's okay to make fun of pieces of garbage. Good people who recover, they're safe. Pieces of garbage, we get to make fun of them forever. That's entirely okay. You should not be upset by any of that at all. But I know that some of you are, and that's okay. Um, you know, when you go through puberty, hit me up, and maybe we can be friends. All right, what else do we have here? Uh, somebody did ask me earlier, Casey, did you ever post that link to the uh, the Young Turks that you talked about yesterday? Yes, I did. It is in yesterday's Daily Show Prep. Once again, if only there was a place for you to go every single day to see what I talked about and get all references that were used on the show. Uh, for those of you who missed it, there's a lot of people who are, again, trying to cancel Joe Rogan because he used the N-word 
on his podcast. Now, of course, he didn't call anybody the N-word. He was quoting other people who used the word. And uh, people like India RE are now pulling their music off of Spotify and making the claim that you can't use that word under any circumstances. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the circumstances that Joe Rogan used it were. And, of course, my question to that is, why aren't anybody canceling the Young Turks? They used the N-word multiple times. I posted a 45-second video on my website yesterday of them saying it over 20 times. Why aren't they getting canceled? Uh, why didn't India RE or any of these other artists who were super offended by Joe Rogan's use of that word, why didn't they pull their music off of Spotify when there's thousands of songs and thousands of artists who use that word on a regular basis in their music? Suddenly that didn't that didn't matter at all, did it? No. Um, you know, there's, hey, there's uh, Bill Cosby still on Spotify, Josh. Bill Cosby still, what did Bill Cosby do again? That's right, he, he drugged and raped people allegedly, right? He's convicted of it. I can't. I don't have to say allegedly. It's what he did. That didn't. That didn't get anybody pulled. Oh, that's right. That's. It's a power play run by a Democrat super PAC and Warner Brothers Music, which is a direct competitor to uh, Joe Rogan. Financially, they're the ones that are pushing getting him off of Spotify. Isn't that interesting? It's weird how that weird how that plays out. MSC News Time is five thirty two. If um. Some of the items that we've referred to on the show today don't sound like a great Valentine's Day gift. That is because they're not. But if you want a great Valentine's Day gift, go to Impress Jewelry Creations. You can visit them in person or online at ImpressJewelers.com. They have a 20% off sale now through Valentine's Day. Some exclusions apply. Let them know I sent you. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I feel compelled to talk about this because I know it's going to come up. People are going to ask me about it because of where I'm from. So there's this viral video of a girl getting assaulted and in a high school in my hometown of Las Vegas, Nevada. And girl's sitting in a chair. Other girl comes up behind her, starts hitting her in the back of the head, keeps doing it, keeps doing it, keeps doing it. Teacher doesn't really do anything because teachers aren't allowed to do anything. A lot of people are mad at the teacher. But remember, if the teacher intervenes, teacher loses their, loses their job or, well, it depends on the union. Uh, it's hard to fire a teacher in, in the Clark County School District. But Regardless, nobody steps in, nobody helps. Girls just getting hit, 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 hit. One point, you couldn't quite tell if she actually goes out. A uh, girl continues to hit her from behind. And, of course, everybody's talking about this being like super shocking video. First of all, that's Las Vegas High School. That happens every day at Las Vegas High School. Las Vegas High School is not a good school. Um, and the other thing is that happens all the time in the Clark County School District. It's The only reason it's news is it got caught on camera. That is the only reason that this is news. Just want everybody to be crystal clear about that. And I'm sure that there's a lot of you out there who are younger, like, yeah, people get beat up at school every day. Doesn't turn into big news. And it, you're right. It doesn't. But you've got a bunch of adults who need to fill airtime, and they think that this is the most egregious thing that they have ever seen in the history of their life. Uh, the girl has been charged, the one who did commit the assault, and she should be charged because she assaulted somebody who was sitting down uh, from behind and continued to assault them clearly when they were not a threat. Absolutely should be charged. But there's nothing new or uh, shocking about the video. Unless, of course, you come from an upbringing in which you never saw this ever happen, then I suppose it would be shocking to you. But it's, seriously, it's Las Vegas High School. That always happens at Las Vegas High School. It's Las Vegas High School. Terrible school. Anyway, we got to move on. Uh, what else do we have here? 
Lots of stuff going out there. Oh, yeah, Michelle Malkin. Michelle Malkin. I, you know, Michelle is uh, one of the friendliest people that I've ever met. Uh, and I know that she's had her her parting of ways with the Republican Party and a lot of people in the right-wing media movement. Uh, but most most people in right-wing media, new media, owe everything they have to Michelle Malkin, whether they want to admit it or not. Everybody in talk radio owes what they have to Rush Limbaugh. Everybody in new media pretty much owes Michelle Malkin for their platform. She's the one that built it. So Michelle Malkin, um, she has a thread about Airbnb. Airbnb banned her as retaliation for her articles and her journalism. And they also went after her husband, banned her husband, which is what PayPal did to my wife, simply because she was married to me. Um, So this is, look, you're at a point now where you're not allowed to have bank accounts sometimes. You're not allowed to purchase homes sometimes. You're not allowed to rent homes sometimes. And it continues to grow. You can't have payment processors, although that's being rectified and that sort of thing. They're they're doing everything they can to shut you and people like you out of the economy. Never forget that. You need to build an alternative economy. So whether or not you use Airbnb, they ban her and her family because of her politics. So let that uh, let that information do you do with that information whatever you want to do with that that information. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. All right, folks, thank you for watching. A lot of you watched on the website today at theburningtruth.us. I really do appreciate that. Make sure you subscribe on Rumble. Make sure you leave Facebook and follow me on Telegram at Casey the Host. This is a big deal. Appreciate that. This Friday, pass the mic, noon, Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. Bill O'Reilly's up next. We'll see you tomorrow.